and welcome to another edition of the NFL Edge podcast. I'm Dave Rothberg. She is Kristen Rogers. Together, I mean, we do what we do that you love so much. And Kristen, week nine, the the preview of the big weekend. Are you are you ready to roll here? I'm ready to rock and roll. But but Dave, there was a huge disappointment in Thursday night football between the Colts and the Jets, and that was the fact that we didn't get to see future Hall of Famer Mike White at his full extent. Once again, because in fact he was injured. Sad day. Yeah, for, for it all was. Of us. We did get to see him. Uh, he had the one drive that ended in a punt. He had the second drive that ended in a touchdown. And I guess at least like George Costanza says, he went out on a high note, right? He threw the touchdown and then had the injury and then just kind of sailed off into the sunset. But to me, Chris, in the story of that game, you didn't get to see Mike White, and that's certainly disappointing. The Jets defense. That Robert Sala. He, he, he prides himself on being a defensive-minded coach. That was embarrassing. That was pathetic. That's on the heels of us discussing Carson Wentz and how awful he looks. He didn't look so awful in the game on Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm obviously kidding about Mike White because this game was all Colts. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, 172 yards, two scores. Carson Wentz throwing for three touchdowns. I mean, talk about a needed shot in the arm for for the for not just the Colts, but for Carson Wentz. I mean, he it feels like Frank Reich has continued to to hold his hand through this season. So for Carson to be able to get a little bit of confidence back, albeit it's against a Mike White less Jets. Um, yeah, I, I mean this, this defense. Defense looked horrible. It was, um, it was. I mean, this game was over in maybe the early minutes of the of the oh, third quarter. It was, it was twenty eight ten at the half. It was over then. Then it was thirty five ten. Then it was forty two ten. I mean, and the only saving grace, I guess, for the Jets, if there was anything, is that they at least offensively they fought back, right? I mean, they they made it a a close and I, I can't I can't say close. I can't even say competitive. They made it closer. And they almost even covered the number, yeah. uh, but there was a late interception down in the red zone, which uh, prevented that from happening. But really, it was 45-30. It felt to me like Indianapolis could have put up 60 if they really wanted to and or needed to in that game. Yeah, it felt like uh, two high school football teams, like a, a, a team that is just like the, the dominant team in the league versus a, a team that is, you know, maybe coming up from JV trying to figure their 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 ish out. But hey, shout out to, to Josh Johnson for having one of the longest resumes. I mean, when you go through the number of teams he's played for, it really does look like a CVS receipt. It, it is truly impressive. The, the journeyman career that he's put together. And, I mean, steps up yet again for yeah, the Jets. Yeah, he, he did play well. Thank God they acquired Joe Flacco because otherwise they might need – I mean, what was the point of that? Can you explain that to me? <laughs> I don't know. They acquired Joe Flacco. <laughs> they tell us. Explain this because I'm, I'm so close to it. Maybe it's going over my head. So they make a trade for Joe Flacco. They tell us Zach Wilson is going to be out two to four weeks. So, okay, you know what? Fair enough. And now we're two weeks in, and Joe Flacco hasn't even suited up yet for the Jets. And now Robert Salas says after the game last night, you know what, Zach Wilson is close and may be able to play next week. Why did they trade a draft pick for Joe Flacco? Yeah, I'm going to be very honest, Dave. I forgot that Joe Flacco was on this Mm -hmm. Jets team until about the fourth quarter when someone brought it up on Twitter. 
And I was like, wait, wait, I, I, it, it was like that just totally disappeared from everyone's mind. Maybe the Jets forgot about him too, to be very honest. Maybe they thought that he was still with the Eagles. Maybe they thought they still had that draft pick because none of that makes sense to me. None of what is happening within the Jets organization makes any sense. And it's baffling that they're continuing to make these decisions. It really is. But that being said, the defense was really the, the, the story uh, in the game on Thursday and just the lack thereof. Uh, with the Jets. All right, so Jets, they drop to 2-6. and six. Uh, Indianapolis improves to 4-5, and five, haven't had their bye yet. Let's move um, throughout what we have in Week 9 around the NFL. Atlanta uh, coming off a, a, a bad performance against Carolina. They're 3-4. and four. They're on the road in New Orleans. New Orleans is interesting because whether it's Jameis Winston or Trevor Simeon or maybe Taysom Hill, who it could be this weekend, they just they find ways to win games. And no Calvin Ridley for Atlanta again this week. Does this, is this a win for New Orleans that, that props them to 6-2 and two halfway through the season? Yeah, right. This feels like a game that the Saints should just win handily. I mean, they just beat Tom Brady and the Bucks with Trevor Simeon in at, at quarterback. Um, I, I do find it maybe a little bit frustrating, but hey, Sean Payton has had such a stellar career as a coach, and he's continuing to do it again this season. Why, when they when they play coy with quarterback, when they're not letting us in, if it's going to be Taysom Hill, if it's going to be Trevor Simeon, um, I I'm just not into the, that kind of game. But um, I, I feel like this is a game that the Saints should win with ease because. It's It is, again, a bad Falcons team. And I get that Michael Thomas is out for the season, but you have to feel good that you're having pieces like Traquan Smith return. I don't don't see – I can see this being close, but I don't see the Saints losing this game. And and let's be fair now. The Saints who used to be will outscore you when we have Drew Brees and we can put up 30 points in any given game. They're now a a running team uh, with a good defense who doesn't rely on their quarterback in the same way. And now they add Mark Ingram. And uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think they should win this game, which props them to six and two. And I don't consider them to be a, a real contender to win the NFC. But six and two is a, a heck of a first half when you're not really sure who your quarterback is. Yeah, that that's a great point. I, I think that they do feel like just kind of the the best of the mediocre at this point. Um, they, they feel like that team that's, that is just kind of sitting in the middle that has kind of snuck up on us for all of the injuries that they've sustained so far this season. Um, that said, I, I think, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see later in the season how that, that seventh seed starts to, to shake things out. But I, I I think that they're going to continue to be the best of the mediocre. I don't see this as the start of their kind of rise to the top of the NFC by any means. Yeah, I agree with that. But record-wise, they win. They go to 6-2. and two, So something to keep an eye on. Um, maybe the best team in the NFC? Hopefully not, though. And that is... Uh... That is the Dallas Cowboys. They're six and one. They host Denver, who's four and four. And remember, Denver uh, sold off Von Miller this week as well, almost kind of waving the white flag and saying, "We're we know we're not going to go anywhere this year." So does Dallas just? This is difficult for me to say. Just do, do they have their way with Denver and improve to seven and one and and really start eyeing that number one seed in the NFC in the postseason? Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's about time to have that conversation. I know you're not a Cowboys fan. I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I I think it's time to start talking about how good this Cowboys team can truly be. Um, I mean, Dak coming back this this Sunday, obviously, I mean, what a great welcome back for him, because as you just mentioned, it's going to be a Von Miller-less Broncos defense that they're going up against. Um, He he should have his way, uh, just knowing how banged up this Denver's uh, defense is as well. Um, But how good do you think Dallas can be? Because they've got a very easy schedule ahead of them. 
how good do I think they can be? I, I, I mean, I think they can be good. I, I think offensively they're they're very, very good. And I don't think their defense is great, but I think they're opportunistic. And again, it's a division where you look at these other teams and who scares you? Not the Giants, not Washington, not Philadelphia. You don't no you don't have that game where you're like, oh God, we have to get over the hurdle of of this team. There are there are not those teams. And now this game in Kansas City. In a couple weeks, which you would have looked at and said, boy, that's a tough one. I don't think they win that one. They certainly could win that one. So, yeah, I think you have to start to take notice. I I think the one seed is obviously ultimately important because he gets you the bye this year and the other seeds do not get the bye. But the Cowboys are there. I think it's I think it's the Cowboys. Uh, the, The nice thing for me is I have teams that are in the way of Dallas. Right. It's not just like a team. There's three or four teams. You got Arizona. You have Green Bay. You have Tampa, you have the Rams, and you have Dallas. So I do have some kind of teams waiting in the wings. That being said, I think if you are anti-Cowboys, which I am, which you are, you have to be a little bit nervous right now. Yeah, I, I think we're all going to be nervous come uh, the end of the season when we, when we see this this all shake out. But, um, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how, how, how Dak looks coming back. Um, but, again, for him, a, a great – a great and easy um, game for him to get his uh, feedback underneath him. Right, and the expectation is that Dak will uh, will play in this game on Sunday for the Cowboys. Kind of, it's two teams at four and four, but it feels like heading in different directions. That's New England at Carolina. New England four and four, Carolina four and four. But everyone's very excited about New England, and I think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody very excited about Carolina right now. Yeah, Dave, you you hit the hit the nail on the head. See, I actually got it. Look right at you. Time. That's uh, right. These are. I know. I'm learning. Finally, in midseason form. Uh, no, these are such different four and four teams right now. And honestly, there's been questions about if Sam Darnold is going to be able to go this Sunday. I don't even care if it's Sam Darnold or, or PJ Walker because this Panthers team is just. It, it, it feels like a mess to me right now. I, I think the only thing that Panthers fans are, are looking at when it comes to injury wise is the fact that Christian McCaffrey is scheduled to come off the injury reserve. I just reserve. brought up ESPN and. Uh, it says Carolina Panthers, Christian McCaffrey hamstring could return from the IR to play Sunday. So the window is open. I guess he's lightly practicing, riding the bike. So I, I do think there is a chance he plays on Sunday. I, it's not definitive, that's for sure. If he does, in fact, play on Sunday, if I tell you you get a, a healthy Christian McCaffrey, does it at all change the way you look at this game? Maybe it, it changes things um, a, a little bit, but I also know that Bill Belichick has created a, a really staunch defense that has been able to to slow down some of the, the best running backs that we've seen so far this season. Um, I, I would still be a little hesitant about what Christian McCaffrey can do um, after coming off injured reserve, but I think that would take a huge um, load off the shoulders if it is uh, Sam Darnold, if it is P.J. Walker, whoever is going to be stepping in there at quarterback on Sunday. That we don't know. Whether We don't know who the quarterback is going to be, and we don't, in fact, know if McCaffrey is going to be able to play in this game. So a lot of question marks surrounding uh, the Panthers. Three and four, Minnesota should have won last week, did not at home against Dallas. Baltimore, last time we saw them, they were allowing touchdown after touchdown to uh, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. They're 5-2, and two, and they are home, Minnesota at Baltimore. And it's funny because R.J. Santillo, my producer, our producer, uh, he, he, I was talking to him the other day, he goes, Minnesota is just, they're not a good team. I do not like them, and they're not a good team. Do you concur? Minnesota's just not a good team, Kristen. 
first of all, that is a spot on RJ impression. I, I, I know that that's been developed mighty fine by you over the years. Um, I, I think I'll, I'll answer your question with a question. I, I think it depends on which Kirk Cousins is going to show up. Is it the primetime Kirk Cousins that cannot shine in the spotlight? Or is it the, uh, you know, one o'clock on a Sunday afternoon Kirk Cousins that can make some magic happen for, for some extent? Um, no, seriously. I, I, I think that Minnesota is one of those teams where year in and year out, you expect greatness for them because they can compete, but then they lose to really bad teams. And you're like, how, how is this the same team that beat XYZ a few weeks ago? So I, I, I think that they're always a mixed bag for, for what we've seen in the last few years. Um, that said, flipping things to, to the Baltimore side, because you mentioned just that loss to, to, to Joe Burrow and the Bengals before their bye week. I don't know if their bye week solved their issues. I mean, they're still a banged up team. I, I think the only thing that they have coming out of this game right now, and don't get me wrong, I, I do think that the Ravens are a better team than this Minnesota Vikings team right now, but I, I don't know um, how much good this week off did for them. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a fair point, but they're, they're I think they're a better team than Minnesota, but you're right with the Kirk Cousins yeah. 1 o'clock, because I mean, there's, there's studies that this guy, he's just lousy in primetime and much better in the 1 o'clock games, and this happens to be a 1 o'clock Eastern game. That being said, I, I mean, if I had to pick this game, I'd take Baltimore. If I had to pick this game with the number, which I think is 6, uh, I would probably avoid it. Uh, Cleveland at Cincinnati. Cleveland's got a whole host of issues going on now with this Odell Beckham situation. Sounds like he's on the verge of being uh, kicked out and released from Cleveland-Cincinnati with a dreadful loss last week. They led the Jets by double digits in the fourth quarter and lost that game. So 4-4 four and four Cleveland, 5-3 and three Cincinnati. The one thing I'll say is it's a big game, and you don't often get that between these two. Yeah, it, it is a big game. This is, I mean, the Browns are such a mess right now. I I wanted to to talk about that Odell Beckham Jr. senior video, the one that OBJ's dad put out with, I mean, the, the production quality was higher than I expected, and I loved the, the music choice of, you know, uh, everyone hurts sometimes. And I, it was such a dad move to have the, the video not actually um, horizontal, but it was vertical. So you had to like turn your phone when you watched it. So I wanted to get into that. But then this is just snowballed into just a bigger mess right now because you're right. Odell Beckham Jr. reportedly um, having his team, you know, trying to find a release and we'll, we'll see where he ends up for the rest of the season. But I, I think there's questions about what this Browns team can be when it comes to leadership because the leadership sounds like it's not coming from Baker Mayfield. It's coming from Jarvis Landry. So what does losing Odell Beckham Jr. do for for the rest of this Browns team? I I think it's a big question mark for a team that um, we were, I feel like we were all rooting for because they were so much fun to watch. I I agree. You do realize that you just referred to his father as Odell Beckham Jr. Sr., right? You know what? (laughs) Odell Beckham Jr.'s father, Odell Beckham Sr. There we go. Odell Beckham Jr. Sr. is the the father of one uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Jr. Um, Buffalo at Jacksonville. Do we need to spend a lot of time on this game? Buffalo, very good. Jacksonville, very bad. Buffalo, hammer seams that are not very good. Yeah, are, are you ready for my analysis here, Dave? I'd love it. So on what? Thank you. On one side, you have a Bills team that is maybe the the best in the league, definitely the best in the AFC right now. On, on the other side, you have a Jags team that got flagged for twelve men on the field, not once but twice last week. That's it. That's my analysis. Jacksonville got hammered by Geno Smith. I will leave my analysis at the door. Uh, you don't need a lot of analysis for the next game either. 
Houston, 1-7. At Miami, also 1-7. The starting quarterback is Tua. They did not make a trade for Deshaun Watson. Guess they couldn't get that done with all the, the pending uh, issues with him. But this, oh, Tyrod Taylor back against Tua. This should be a pillow fight of epic proportions. Yeah, I was going to say the only bright side is that the Texans are going to get Tyrod Taylor back. I, I think that's maybe the the only um, only bright spot in this game. But so, you know, Dave, there there's that school of thought for people that once it hits like the first of November, once Halloween is over, it is Christmas season. Um, I'm not really in that camp. I like to to put up the decorations somewhere around uh, around Thanksgiving. That said, I do think that the Christmas references are coming out. So in honor of what you just called a pillow fight of a game that I completely agree with, um, I would not want to touch this game, nor would I want to watch this game, a la the Grinch, with a 10-and-a-half-foot pole. I, I like that. Um, okay, so Thanksgiving is kind of your over-under for, for when the Christmas decorations go out? It is, yes, but in the pandemic, it has definitely been before. You you would take the over in and that. And Thanksgiving is a little late this year, too. It is, it is. So I, I'm thinking about I, this, actually, if you want to get into some inside Christmas oh, talk yeah. here, uh, this actually may be the first time since I've graduated college that I'm going to be able to have a live Christmas tree in my apartment. I'm so excited. So I'm, I'm going to go to a Christmas tree farm, get a live Christmas tree, and hang it up. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bite at the bait here. Why? How come this is the first time since you've graduated college that there will be an actual live Christmas tree? Because every building I've lived with have ha- has had those dumb fire safety rules that you're not allowed to have a live Christmas tree. Oh, you, you, you're, you're a rule abider. You will, not, you will not get the Christmas tree if they say. I am a rule abider. Yes. I like that. It's yes. good to know. I am a rule abider. Very good to know. Yeah. Um, yep. Vegas at the Giants. So Vegas is 5-2. and two. And they've shown you that they're more than capable of having adversity stare them in the face and and really defeat it, right? We saw it with John Gruden. I mean, what a mess that was a couple weeks back. And then uh, they're able to you know get hot. They, they beat Denver, and they're just playing really good football. Um, and now the Henry Rugg situation, which is just such a I – mean, such an it's an angering and a, and a tragic situation and, and, and a senseless, needless death. And, and Vegas, can they continue to, to look past all the, the tragedy and the issues and, and find ways to play good football as they visit the Giants, who are sitting here on a short week at two and six? Yeah, I, I, I think that the Gruden situation is just so different from what we're seeing unfold with the Raiders right now and, and Henry Ruggs. I, I'm going to be honest, it feels kind of hollow to to know, you know, have to to make a pick in this game and, and, and to have to get into this a little bit. I, I do want to say that I, I do credit Derek Carr for being such a, a staunch leader in this situation. It feels like he said exactly what has needed to be say has needed to be said after the Gruden situation, after what we're seeing unfold right now with the Raiders. And um, he's giving grace where grace is needed. So I, I do want to give him um, give him some kudos, give him some credit for, credit for that. That said, I, I actually say give me the give me the Giants this week. Give me wow. the, give me the points. Um, I, I I don't think we're going to see the same result that we saw after the um, the Gruden situation earlier this season. This feels too different. Wow! For me. So you and I are kind of on, on, on opposing sides here. I just the Giants stink, and they they are. You're the wait. You're the Giants. Well, I, like I you, love you them, are, and I. And I'd like them to win. I just, I, I have no. I'm baffled. How could, no, how could you be baffled? How could you think that I look at the Giants after five years of starting two and six and one and seven and two and six and one and seven? And I'd look at them and say, yeah, you know what? I believe that they're going to find a way to win this game. They don't do that. They're just the opposite. They find ways to lose football games, not win them. I get it. I get it. You know what? In in time for the holiday season, I, I feel like maybe we should we should try to put some hope on your holiday list. Let's get you let's get you some renewed hope. 
in the Giants. All right, we'll see. And that, th- That's what the season is about, I right? Yes, I don't know what the season is about with the Giants anymore. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll take the Giants in the pick segment as we move forward here on the NFL Edge podcast. Um, let's not go crazy. Let's not go crazy. Charters 4-3. and three. They've lost a couple games now, and they did not look good last week against New England. And they're on the road in Philadelphia, who hammered Detroit last week by the final of 44-6. to six. That being said, uh, Chargers, I think, are probably the better team than Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I mean, what the Eagles did last week was incredible, but it was against the Lions. It's against a team that doesn't have a win this season, um, and they can't have that same formula, that same running game formula against the Chargers this week. That said, I really hope that they do continue to commit to the run game because we saw the success that they can have. Um, even banged up, and you know, I think Justin Herbert is still dealing with that, a little bit of a hand, istri- hand injury, hand issue right now. Um, I still like the, the Chargers to bounce back here on the road. I, I do think that the Chargers can win the AFC West. I get that the Raiders are, are sitting atop the division right now. But I, I think that the the Chargers, I think, are the more talented team compared to the Raiders. And I, I think now is the time for the Chargers to prove that they can do what the Raiders have done, which is win games in must-win situations or win games when they need to. You don't want to be 4-4, four and four, right? You're 4-3. and three. You can see the yeah. division. You have a real chance at it. You don't want to fall to 4-4 four and four and lose to, to the Philadelphia Eagles. That, that's a game that if you're going to be the team that Many people think you can be. You need to find a way to win this one. Uh, this had all the all the makings of just the game of the weekend, right? It was right there. Green, it was right there. Green Bay 7-1. and one. Aaron Rodgers MVP level again. Kansas City, something clearly wrong, but it's Mahomes. They're home. It's a, it's a, a 425 Eastern game where the whole country is going to get to see this thing. Now, there's still a storyline because you get to see Jordan Love for the first time, but Aaron Rodgers, I mean, first of all, two, twofold here. How do they find a way without Aaron Rodgers? And what are you doing? Are you vaccinated and what's your stance on, on vaccinations? Yeah, I've been immunized. A lot of conversation around it, around the league, and a lot of guys who have made statements and not made statements, owners who made statements. You know, there's guys on the team that haven't been vaccinated. I think it's a personal decision. I'm not going to judge those guys. What, what is he doing? Don't tell me, and I don't think you will, that he was trying to tell us anything but you know what i've been vaccinated and leave me alone and you know what he did he lied to everybody is what he did yeah it's it's infuriating to to be very honest it i i love aaron Rodgers. i love him as a player and this is just one of those situations that i mean just shows just the selfishness that that's coming from him and um i mean i i get that it's bringing up a lot of health and safety questions because he's not only has he lied about this whole vaccine immunization situation but i mean he's been without a mask on the sidelines in in, you know team facilities and matt lafleur had like a really kind of confusing quote uh i think it was yesterday about how he doesn't pay attention to the media policies because you've had aaron Rodgers walking around the rest of the press without a mask, I guess. I don't I don't pay attention to the media rules. It's selfish in my mind, but um, and I'm not trying to make light of the situation, but I, I do want to ask Dave, have you seen the show Shit's Creek? Can we say that on the uh, I guess on the podcast we can say it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, no, I have not. I've heard great things about it. I love Eugene Levy, but I have not seen Shit's Creek. 
Okay, so so there there's a there's an episode that's reminding me a lot of this this Aaron Rodgers situation right now. And for for listeners of the podcast that have also seen Shit's Creek, I think they'll agree. But so Eugene Levy's character has gone out and he's bought a car for the family, and they're they're getting into they're getting into the car, and um, Eugene Levy's son Dan Levy in real life, David on the show, is gonna drive. And Eugene Levy asks him, "Do do you have your your driver's license to to drive the car?" And and Dan Levy says, I have my wallet. And Eugene Levy says, no, but do you have your ID? And he goes, oh no, it's fine. And Eugene Levy says, no, it, it's not fine. I have insurance on the car. You need to tell me, do you have your license? And he's like, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Lo and behold, he doesn't have his license. And it feels like that same situation has unfolded this week with the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, so we'll see. And I'm anticipating and excited to watch what Jordan Love has to offer, but certainly some of the luster because Adams was back, and I thought this was going to be a really, really good football game. And maybe it still will be, but I don't have the same excitement. Arizona 7-1, and San Francisco 3-4. and It's in San Fran. Here's the issue now. How healthy is Kyler Murray? How healthy is DeAndre Hopkins? And now George Kittle goes back to the Niners. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound like Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins' hamstring is is obviously still bothering him. Kyler Murray was held out of practice on Wednesday because of that ankle injury. I, I, you, you can tell that it's not going to be the um, the high flying Cardinals team that that we've seen of of games past. But I want to go back to the last time that these two teams played when the Cardinals did beat the 49ers 17 10 earlier this season. It was with Trey Lance and at quarterback. And I, I do think there is going to be a time when Trey Lance will take over as the 49ers starting quarterback. But right now, Jimmy Garoppolo has this 49ers team looking good. They played a great game against the Bears last week. Um, and knowing that you're going to get George Kittle back as well as, a, as another potential weapon, I, I really like the 49ers in this game. Oh, she likes the 49ers in this game. Now, here, this another one of these would have been an, an just an elite matchup. Still an attractive matchup, Sunday Night Football, but not as attractive because no Derrick Henry. Tennessee 6-2, and two, whether it's the, the aging Adrian Peterson or, or McNichols, wherever they put it, running back. Uh, the Titans six and two against the Rams, who are seven and one, who now added Von Miller, and God knows if they had Beckham if if he winds up there as well. But uh, that's that to me, good game on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, this is going to be really great. Like I said, like you said, it's a little disappointing that Derrick Henry is not going to be be in there, and we will get to the uh, I think the Titans running back situation when we start talking fantasy here in in just a bit. But I mean, this should be a game that the the Rams come away with. I mean, they are so loaded with stars right now. On, on both sides of the ball. Um, I mean, good for the Titans. You're going to be able to get Julio Jones back, and you know that the Titans are probably going to go with more of a, a pass-heavy offense under Ryan Tannehill um, right now. But again, the, the Rams are loaded. If they can't if they can't win this game, which I, I, I don't imagine that they are not going to win this game, but if they don't go deep into the playoffs, it's going to feel like one of those like Hollywood situations where a movie studio goes out and they get all of these like A-list celebrities for just this like potential blockbuster, and then it absolutely flops like the movie Valentine's Day, if you ever saw that gem with like Jennifer. I love that movie. Stop it. No, you do uh, not. Oh, Jessica Alba. I No, I do. I, I do. I, re- I swear to you, I I love Valentine's Day. I'm I recognize that it's not good, but you are kidding. Ashton Kutcher's in that movie. Oh, Hector Elizondo's in that movie. I love that movie. I was gonna say, but it, but you get the analogy, right? Like it's one of those games. Yeah, it's not good. No, I know. Jennifer Garner. 
Jessica Biel. It's again, one of those movies that a, a network or a studio just threw hundreds of millions of dollars at for all of these actors. And it's just horrible when it comes out. It does not meet expectations. That's what the Rams are going to be if oh. they cannot go deep in the playoffs. Oh, you're, you're breaking my heart. You're going to go watch Valentine's Day tonight, oh, I aren't lo- you? <laughs> I, I, I love that. That is one of my, I, I'm not kidding. It is one of my favorite awful movies. Like, I know it's not good, and I just can't turn it off. I adore that movie. Absolutely adore that movie. <laughs> I never thought I was going to learn this about you. I'm so happy I did. I will not have you or any or anybody else sit here and tell me otherwise. I mean, that Valentine's Day, how, how dare you? And on that note, uh, Chicago and Pittsburgh. Chicago 3-5, and five, of course, we root for them to lose because the Giants have their first round pick at Pittsburgh, who, you know, we write them off. They're not very good. We don't believe in Roethlisberger, and yet they find ways to win. The Steelers somehow or another are sitting here at four and three. Yeah, I, I do think this is going to be a low scoring game on, on Monday night. And, you know, I, Justin Fields is coming off a, a good performance against the 49ers, albeit it was it was a loss for the Bears. Um, I still don't like this Steelers offense. I, I don't think the Bears are going to win this, but I, I do think I would take the points in this game. Yes. Um, it, it Again, it feels like we're, we're, we're waiting to see which team is actually going to stand up and, and take control in, in this game and take control of their season. And I think until we figure that out, I, I'm kind of a wishwash on this game. I agree that I wouldn't touch it with the points because I think the number is six and a half. But Pittsburgh is is better. And I think that Pittsburgh defense finds a way to to lead them to a victory. So I think they, amazingly enough, could improve to five and three while the Bears uh, have the potential to drop to three and six. Teams on by this week, uh, everyone's favorite, the Lions. You have the Seahawks on by, the Bucks, and the Washington football teams. The Lions, Seahawks, Bucks, and the Washington football team so there we have it we've gone through all the games next up on the nfl edge podcast we look ahead to survivor oh and our football selections here let's do it on the nfl edge podcast it rolls along you heard my impression of one rj santillo earlier on during the podcast and now we bring in the real life the life-size version of rj santillo hello rj well i gotta tell you it wasn't very nice but it was very good. It was very good. And I can appreciate the job you're doing. I think you've been working on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the reason that you've come here at this point in time is for updated standings, I assume. To recap last week, Dave, one and two, took the Bengals. Survivor didn't go so well. Kristen also took the Bengals. Also did not go so well. But the upside for Kristen went two and one with her picks. And with that, took her first lead in over a month she's 11 12 and 1 on the season dave only a half game back at 11 and 13 let's go not terrible i I do have a another a a beautiful three pack that i'm going to give you today and i'm not going to be greedy i'm not going to sit here and tell you i got to go three and one all i'm looking for or three and oh all i'm looking for is two and one i just want to get back into the winning ways catch you pass you and win the wager on the NFL edge. That being said, Kristen Rogers, are you ready to run through some of the games? I am more than ready. I'm ecstatic. Let's get to it. That is terrific. All right, so we, we have a list that's in front of us, and we'll run through that, and then we'll we'll break off from the list and give additional games that we might or might not like. Uh, Buffalo, it's a, a, a whopping spread. It is currently, let me, let me just bring this thing up and make sure that I have it uh, accurately. It is 14 and a half. Over the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's a it's a big number, and Kristen, I'm taking it. Give me the Buffalo Bills laying the 14 and a half. They slaughter teams. 
They didn't even play well last week, and they covered a big spread against, I think, a better team in Miami. So give me the Buffalo Bills laying the 14 and a half, and I see a a 34-10-ish kind of game, and hopefully that leads me to a a victory early on in Week 9. Dave Rothenberg. I also yeah. have the Bills laying 14 oh, and a half on. against the Jags. Gosh darn it. <laughs> I mean, you you just said it right there. I mean, the Bills have won all of their, their wins this season by 15 or more points this year. I, I know that they got off to a slow start against the Dolphins, but the Jags are just such a dumpster fire right now. I mean, th- this game is just begging you to take the Bills because they are such a great team against such a horrible team. And this feels like it's been the year of the the double-digit spreads. And and for the most part, actually for the majority, we've seen those team covers. So I, I like the Bills in this game too. I hate to say it. Ugh, now I don't even care. I hope Jacksonville wins the game outright. Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, Denver at Dallas. Dallas should have Prescott back. That's the expectation. CeeDee Lamb is now banged up and, and didn't practice on, on Thursday of this week. Um Amari Cooper has a hamstring. Looks like they could get Michael Gallup back as well. And their starting left tackle, Tyron Smith, is expected to not play in this game. All that being said, Dallas is still giving a – it's a big number against a, a Broncos team. It's 4-4 four and, four and coming off a, a decent win. Uh, Dallas is 10-point favorites in this game. Feels like it's too much uh, for me. If I had to, I'd probably go Dallas, but I don't have to, and I'm not going to. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I think the number is a little bit too rich for my blood, but I do think Dallas is going to win this game – So that said, I am taking Dallas as my survivor pick this week. I'm taking the Cowboys. Um, We we now have renewed life after we both failed miserably with the Bengals last week. So we are we are continuing to march on. I'm taking the Cowboys as my survivor pick. I hate to do this and it pains me. And quite frankly, I'd I'd love it if we both lost. But um, I will also take Dallas as a a 10 point favorite. You taking the Cowboys as well. Yeah, just in Survivor. I think they they win this game. I'd be stunned if they didn't win this game. If they lost it, you know what? I'd be okay with that as well. Um, Baltimore giving six off the bye at home against Minnesota. I get it that people think that Minnesota stinks and maybe they do. But I don't know. There's something weird about Minnesota. Every time you think they're done, they find their way out of it. And... This Kirk Cousins, 1 o'clock kickoff, he's clearly better at 1 o'clock than he is at any other time. So I would take Baltimore to cover the number, but I'm not going to because there's something strange about Minnesota and Kirk Cousins. So you can take it. I'm avoiding this one. I feel like you were going a little Ghostbusters, like when there's something strange in the neighborhood, who are you going to call? Kirk Cousins, but only at a one o'clock game. Uh, no, I, I do think that Baltimore still has some some issues that they're they're trying to figure out right now. I, I think that this is going to be a closer game than than people think, than Vegas thinks at least. Um, I too am not going to touch this game though, but I am going to watch it. I'm very excited to see how this shakes out. Now we have a spread that's changing as we speak. The Niners in the email that we received says Niners are getting one point at home against the Cardinals. Well. How times change, Kristen Rogers. The Niners are now giving two points at home against Arizona. What does that say to me? Maybe Kyler Murray's not going to play. Maybe DeAndre Hopkins is not going to play. Even if they play, how healthy will they be? They will not have practiced the entire week. Last time they played, it was a close game. And that was with Trey Lance at the helm. Now I get a better quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. Now I get George Kittle back. This is a home game now for San Francisco. I'm in. I am just dumb enough to take the Niners minus the two at home against Arizona. 
Dave Rothenberg. Yeah. I am I'm getting frustrated with you because I too have the 49ers. Oh, come on. I know what you're doing. I, you I had a co-host who used no. to do this. No, no. You know what I'm going to do, though? I'm not going to take them. As I have told you, I go through when I first come through and I make my picks and I put together my six pack and then I narrow them down for this game, though I do think that the 49ers minus two against the Cardinals is going to hit. I am going to take another game, but I would like it to be known that I, too, had 49ers minus two against the Cardinals in my original selection. I will write a little note. Uh, Kristen also liked... Niners. I used to, I had a co-host used to do this and he would have like a one game lead over me. And then every game I would pick, he's like, I also like that game. I mean, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of you people. I can send you my notes if you want to see. I mean, it's literally right in front of me. Oh, come on. I don't need to see. I do respect the fact that you you bowed out from the game. So I will take the Niners uh, minus the two. Uh, Chiefs are, are minus seven and a half against the Packers. I don't know how you could take this game. Because you don't know what Jordan Love is going to be. So he could be good, in, in which you'd be in, in great standing. He could be brutal, in which case you have to imagine the Chiefs win. That being said, the Chiefs never cover. Even when they win games, they don't cover. Uh, I, th- thanks, but no thanks. I'm not, I'm not involving myself in this one. Well, Dave Rothenberg, in our, in our oh. commercial break, if it were, you said something to the effect of, I would like to take the Packers, but I'm not enough of a man. Um, I am I am enough of a yeah, woman. Right. I'm taking it. Give me the Packers uh-huh. plus seven and a half against the Chiefs. I the Chiefs never cover. I don't care if there's no Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. All Jordan Love has to do in there is facilitate this offense. You have Devontae Adams coming back. You have AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones in the in the backfield. I think knowing that they're gonna run the ball against a very leaky Chiefs defense, give me the points in this game. I mean I mean you you get the Packers again, you have Devontae Adams. David Bakhtiari is returning. Alan Al Lazard is returning. I mean, they have all of the pieces there, minus Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. All Aaron Jones needs to do is facilitate this offense. Give me the Packers plus seven and a half against the Chiefs. I'm glad one of us is is man or woman enough to do the right thing. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad one of us stands in that category. Thank you for for all the the people that just can't seem to get things done. Mm-hmm. You've given two. I've given two. I'm sure we have the same third game because this is in fact what we do. Uh, why don't you go first? Because here's what I'm going to do. Because you were kind to me. If we do have the same third game, I will move off from this one and pick a different one. So why don't you go first with your third game of the week? Well, thank you. Um, okay, so I'm going to go Patriots minus three and a half against the Panthers. It seems like a safe pick to me. I, I think the Panthers, or the, excuse me, not the Panthers. I think the Patriots are going to stay hot. I think these are two very different four and four teams. Uh, the Panthers just seem banged up in every facet of the game right now. Bill Belichick, uh, an improving Mac Jones. That's a winning combination to me. Patriots minus three and a half against the Panthers. Now, um, if memory serves correctly, you also took New England last week and they, they worked. For I you. did. You're, you're riding the. It did. The gravy train of one Bill Belichick. And, I am. And Mac Jones. Uh, I'm going to take a little Sunday night standalone action. Ooh. I'm going to take the Rams laying the seven. I think that Tennessee's entire team dynamic changes without Derrick Henry. Uh, I think that that the you know just their running game is is not nearly what it would be if Henry is there. The Rams are in this to win it. Von Miller makes his debut. I know Stafford's a little banged up, but I imagine he's going to play. I, I don't believe in that Titans defense. I believe in the Rams, and I think they win this game by more than a touchdown. So give me the Rams minus the seven. Here's the recap, if we will, Kristen Rogers. Again, I've done this to myself again. 
I have all the favorites, which I do not like, but I like my games. I have Buffalo minus the 14 and a half against Jacksonville. I have San Francisco minus the two against Arizona, and I have the Rams minus the seven against Tennessee, and then my survivor is Dallas. You also have Buffalo minus the 14 and a half against Jacksonville, Green Bay plus the seven and a half against Kansas City, and New England minus the three and a half um, against Carolina, and you also have Dallas as your survivor pick. I do. Let's rock and roll. There we have it. There's our games this week. We now turn our attention to fantasy on the NFL Edge podcast. Many people just adore the fantasy advice that we provide every single week, and we've come to that time again, Kristen. Uh, There's a few particulars we have to get into. Now, before we do that, there's teams on by this week, and let's just refresh and remind people of who those teams, in fact, are. The Lions. You say, what's the Lions? Yeah, but you know what? DeAndre Swift is is a nice player. You have the Seahawks. Seahawks, I mean... Now, no Russell Wilson regardless, but whoever their running back is going to be and their receivers are certainly... Alex Collins, right, maybe. Whether it's Collins, whether it's Chris Carson when he comes back, yeah. right? whether it's DJ Dallas, whoever it's going to be, that guy's not playing. The Bucs, who are a, a huge fantasy team, right, with Tom Brady and Godwin and Evans and Fournette. And then Washington, who at a minimum is either McKissick or um, Gibson and then McLaurin. Terry McLaurin. Right? So, yeah. yeah. So there are guys that are missing this week. And we are here to provide guys that you can play if you don't have one of those guys or what you might need this week. So let's start with, I think, the obvious one, and that's the Tennessee running back situation. If you went out and you picked up Adrian Peterson, see, here's my take on it. I don't know who the guy's going to be. Peterson hasn't played all year. Is he going to be the guy that gets 24 carries? Is it going to be split between him and somebody by the name of Jeremy McNichols? Will McNichols get more carries? For me, unless I'm absolutely forced into having to play one of these guys, I'm going to take the wait-and-see approach. If I need to play one of them, I'll play one. Otherwise, I'm going to wait and see what happens this week, and then I'll kind of decide and decipher from here on. No, I I, I agree with you. I am in this situation where I have Derrick Henry. I um, obviously put put him on IR. Um, I went out and I got Adrian Peterson, but I am not starting him this week for that very reason. I would feel more comfortable going with Jeremy McNichols, which, by the way, his name sounds like he would be like a second grade bully um, in some sort of, you know, like kids TV show, Jeremy Jeremy McNichols. Uh, Anyway, uh, I would feel more comfortable playing him because I think we have a better idea of how he's going to be used. We have no idea what AP is going to look like in this Tennessee offense. I'm in a wait and see mode with him. um, And that's 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 my take. So. Wait and see mode. Who does that mean you're starting this week over a guy like Adrian Peterson? Like, where is the line in the sand? If I told you Devontae Booker, he's definitely a better start than Adrian Peterson, right? Very much so. I, I actually think that there's um, some some really great running backs that are that are potentially out there, um, or not potentially out there, but good, good guys to start this week. I'll go with. Um, I know it's the Dolphins, but Miles Gaskin. Yes. I mean, it's it's going to be it's a it's a horrible game, but I think it's going to be a great offensive game for fantasy. So I really like Miles Gaskin for the Dolphins. Um, AJ Dillon, I, I know I obviously am, I'm taking the Packers, but again, you're running against my new favorite phrase, a leaky Chiefs defense. Um, I, I think he's going to have a big game. And then my other question as well, Zach Moss. I mean, is this finally going to be a game where the Bills can try to run the ball at all or maybe try to run it effectively? I mean, you're going up against a, a bad Jags team. Like, is now the time Is now the time to do it? I, I like those three guys at running back this week. All right, so let me throw another guy out at you, Carlos Hyde. Because James Robinson is is banged up. So 
if I asked you Adrian Peterson, Jeremy McNichols, or Carlos Hyde, which of the three of those guys would you go with? Like, is it that bad in Tennessee that you'd go with with Hyde, or or do you see the Tennessee backs as a better option? I may go more of because here's the thing: is is Hyde's going to run into a, a very good Bills defense? Very good. Um, I I don't a very good Bills defense. I may gamble and go Jeremy Jeremy McNichols because I I you know at the end of the day. I, I think that the Titans are going to run the ball more than the the Jags are going to be able to run the ball effectively against the Bills. That's my take. I would go Jeremy, Jeremy McNichols. I can't even say this guy's name anymore. The bully. Jeremy McNichols. Yeah, the bully. Over Carlos Hyde. The bully. It, doesn't he sound like he would be in like one of those, like, Jeremy McNichols beat me up today. Like, pew, pew. Yeah. I don't know if you remember his character in Valentine's Day. He was excellent. He was the scorned kid who, who really <laughs> appreciated on. the Jessica Alba character. And then, and then yeah. Uh, Jeremy McNichols. So how about like Kenyon Drake, right? Because this is a guy that I think he's going to get touches. He catches passes. You're in a PPR. You're you're ahead of the curve right now. That's a guy that's a, he's out there in a lot of leagues. You could pick him up and, and just for one week, if you're looking for a guy to give you, I don't know, seven, nine, 11 points, Kenyon Drake, you could do worse than him. I was going to say, if you listen to this podcast, you should not have Kenyon Drake available in his in this league because you should already have him because I feel like you've been riding the Kenyon Drake train for a while. Yeah, I have, and, and I and I stand by it. Now, again, with, with Josh Jacobs look like he's going to play, you don't like Drake the same. If Jacobs doesn't play, Drake is now a must-play, but it looks like Jacobs is going to be back in the lineup. But yes, you're right. You should have already pulled the trigger and, and brought uh, Kenyon Drake onto your team. Um I, I don't understand Philadelphia because I'm in a league last week. Kenneth Gainwell is available. I pick him up. I play him. They score four touchdowns, maybe even more, on the ground. I'm like, God. And it, none of them were to Kenneth Gainwell. He, he he almost did nothing. But Boston Scott, he gets two touchdowns. Jordan Howard, he gets two touchdowns. So anybody not named Kenneth Gainwell and Miles Sanders look like they're they're pretty good, productive guys right now. Uh, on the Philadelphia Eagles. You know what? That, that That's a great point. And I know we talked about this last week as, or on Tuesday as well, but maybe maybe Nick Sirianni's thought process is that you whoever is supposed to be your, your RB1 is never actually going to be the guy getting all the touches. We saw that with Miles Sanders. That's when all the touches went to Kenneth Gainwell. We saw that with, with Jordan Howard and Boston Scott last week when it was supposed to be Kenneth Gainwell. Um, that said, I, I think... Obviously, we're not going to see as much of a run game um, for, from the Eagles this week against the Chargers like we did last week against the Lions. That said, I do like Boston Scott. Um, I, I think that, you know, we, we had talked uh, on Tuesday as well that Boston historically for the Eagles does really well against one team, and that is the New York Giants. Um, but he ran his his butt off against the, against the Lions. He did a great job. Um, and I think that he is going to continue to be a reliable guy that you can go to. So I would actually take Boston Scott over any of those three right now moving forward. But just because I've said that, obviously Nick Sirianni listening to this podcast is going to go with yeah, the back to Gainwell yeah. this week. Now, we're discussing the Eagles. Jalen Hurts, he scored 44 points, and Jalen Hurts does nothing. He threw for 103 yards, 72 of those to Dallas Goddard. I think it's the first week this season that, that Jalen Hurts has been under 20 points. Chargers defense back to fantasy relevance for Jalen Hurts or time to maybe think about not playing him here? Yeah, no, I, I think that this is a time for him to to, to step back up. It, um, it, it was just such a lopsided offensive game last week against the Lions, and I don't think that's going to happen this week. I do like... For- I mean, for the Eagles against the Chargers, I I do like Jalen Hurts. I think he's going to get back into that 20-plus point um, 
game this week. I really like Devonta Smith. I love Dallas Goddard in this game as well. So I, I think we're going to see the the Eagles passing offense uh, regain those fantasy points that were lost that, that should have been there against the Lions as well. well what else do you have fantasy-wise? Is there anything else you have? Because I have one more nugget that I will give, but I don't want to I don't want to steal your thunder for something you might have. Yes. Um, I think that T. Higgins is going to go off. I think that we have been waiting. We have been waiting. And by we, I mean me. I have been waiting for him to go off. Uh, I, I put him into my flex this week. I, I think he is going to, I think he's going to have a big game. Um, I, I think that the the battle for Ohio is, it's a little bit messier than, than usual, but I think that T. Higgins is going to look great this week. Uh, what, two more that I have for you right now. And then if there's anything else you want to add, one is Beckham is now released. Okay. He is released. He is available. If he is available in your league, and he certainly might be because he's been dreadful so far this season, grab him. You don't know. I mean, he could wind up on the Rams. He could wind up on the Patriots. He's still talented. And if he goes to a team that that views as we got to get the football in this guy's hands, he could really help you down the stretch of the season. Yeah. I I think the question is where he's going to land. And honestly, I think a great fit would be the Raiders. Um, I, I if, if I were to, were to bet on this, I would say the Raiders or the Rams, but I think the Raiders would be a great situation for him to land in right now. You're right, because I think that Vegas and L.A., he, he wants that. He wants to be in one of those big, showy cities. Those are teams that like to throw the football. Um, you know, you look at the Raiders, obviously, with, with the Henry Ruggs situation, and they, they obviously have the need, and then the Rams moved on from Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. So both of those teams do have the need at wide receiver, and, and I think it's fair. And I think the Patriots are another team to keep an eye on as, as far as uh, – as Beckham, because I know Belichick really, really likes him. And then another one I would say is, how about Tampa? We don't. I mean, Antonio Brown has now missed weeks. I was just going to say the box. If Tom Brady comes out and says, you know what, I want a guy like Odell Beckham, they go out and they get a guy like Odell Beckham. There, there is no one that can recruit like Tom Brady. I mean, it is, it is impressive each, each and every year the 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 amount of star players that he can put around him. It, it truly is incredible. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that would be another dangerous situation. But I do think because of what we've seen unfold with with the Henry Ruggs situation, that Vegas would would make the most sense, and Vegas would um, would be the probably are the first ones that are calling right now. Uh, yeah, Beckham is available, and I'm sure that's going to get done sooner rather than later. All right, so Chris, is there anybody, anybody else, anything else that you need to bring to our attention before we say goodbye and wish people uh, a great week nine of the NFL season? No, I, I gave my my last little little nugget there, and we brought up the the question that is what is what what in the world is going to happen with OBJ and um, OBJ Junior Senior as well. So yes, uh, hopefully both both Junior Senior and Father will um will will figure out where they're going to land here in the next few weeks. Was Halle Berry also in Valentine? Day. Is that the same movie? I need to look this up now. We, because I think I'm confusing. So I do remember the, because there was, there were three movies in in this vein. There was uh, New Year's Eve, and then there was Valentine's Day, and then there was Mother's oh, Day. Oh yes, that's another one I love. New Year's Eve. That's the one with Halle Berry and Robert De Niro. Yes, Ro- and Hillary Swank. Valentine's Day has, wait for it, Jennifer Gardner, Taylor Swift. Julia Roberts, Jessica Biel, Ashton Kutcher, Jessica Alba, Bradley Cooper. Uh, I mean, all all A-list right there. Patrick Dempsey, Anne Hathaway, Taylor Lautner. I mean, it, it truly is. It has, um, uh, it's 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, it's not good. It's great. Yeah, no, it's, it's it is, not good. It is not a fresh movie. Uh, Kathy Bates also in that one. Topher Grace, I believe, is in that that flick. Uh, the great Shirley MacLaine is married to Hector Elizondo in that movie. Emma Roberts Ju- and Aunt Julia Roberts. It It is a, a movie 
for the ages. New Year's, what is it? New Year's Eve? Is that the other one? New Year's Day? What's the other one? The other one, the other one is, is I thought it was New Year's Eve. I think you're right. New Year's I Eve. I think you're right. Yes. We will dissect, we will dissect that one next week. Okay. That's the one with Hillary Swank and Robert De Niro, John Bon Jovi, Sophia Vergara. That next week on the NFL Edge podcast, we will. Zach Efron. We, right. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, I believe is in that one as well. We will get deep into the woods of New Year's Eve. That being said, have a great um, what do you call this now? Like this is some kind of setting the clock back or something. We get an extra hour of sleep this weekend, right? Oh, I never get that right. But we, we we get more sleep. That's all I know. I can never tell if we're ending or starting daylight savings time. All I know is that we're getting an hour of sleep. It gets darker earlier and you get an extra hour of sleep on Saturday into Sunday. There it is. Fall back. So en- enjoy your extra sleep. I will talk to you next week. Enjoy your week nine of the NFL season. For Kristen Rogers, I'm Dave Rothenberg, and this has been the NFL Edge Podcast. 